This is best-selling author and TEDx speaker, Jonathan Jones, and you are listening to Chasing Dreams with Amy J. Welcome to Chasing Dreams podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Hey, Dream Chasers, this is Amy J, and thank you so much for tuning in to episode 192 of Chasing Dreams. Guys, first, a word from our sponsor. This episode of Chasing Dreams is sponsored by our 2019 Fundathon supporters. Fundathon is our fundraising efforts to keep this show on the air till March 2020. To do that, we need to raise $13,000 and we're on our way, but we still need your help. If you'd like to donate, please visit amyj21.com donate. And Dream Chasers, two things I want to remind you of, whether it's for us or another charity or cause you want to support. One, it's not the size of the donation that matters. So if you can't donate a lot, think nothing of it. Know that I appreciate the $12 donations just as much as the other donations, because I know that's your lunch money. That's your money to go see a movie or go out. So regardless of how much money you can give, your donation is important, and I thank you for your generosity. And two, please don't wait for someone else to help out. You can't control the actions of others, only your own. We can't reach the goal without your help. Again, if you'd like to support us, please visit amyj21.com slash donate. And to all those who have donated so far, thank you. Guys, as we continue into Mental Health Awareness Month, I have brought an awesome speaker to you. I saw him on social media and what he was doing, and I was like, I need this guy on the show. I want to share his story. And then... You know, we started talking and we talked about some things and including some topics on mental health. And so I can't wait to share this story with you. And, and the guest I'm talking about is Jonathan Jones. He's a social entrepreneur, best-selling author and TEDx speaker. He serves and supports students and millennial entrepreneurs who believe in self-investing, monetizing their message and leaving a legacy. Jonathan has been featured on CBS News and has spoken to thousands of students ranging from elementary school to college. He is the host of the Speak Your Success podcast and the author of Process, 14 Surprisingly Simple Behaviors to Skyrocket Millennials to Success. And we had such a good time. We could have gone on and on, but, you know, life, it time. But uh, check out our conversation. Here it is. Jonathan, thank you so much for coming onto the show. I'm, I'm glad to be here on the show, Amy. I'm glad to be here with you and I uh, love what you're doing, definitely with your show and how you're adding value all over. You know, I don't know how. Uh, apparently, we were in the same vicinity, but did not cross paths. And I blame Stephen Hart for that. And <laughs> we did not cross paths. But you know what? The world said you're still going to come together because we connected on social media. Mm-hmm. which I think is a, pow- a testament to the power of social media. And I just love what you're doing, man. Oh, well, I mean, just just to your point, it, it definitely was it was a match made in heaven. We, we had to get connected. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can't even go back and retrace or reverse engineer how we got connected on social media. Yeah. But I just know I was liking. I just know I was commenting. <laughs> 
And I know I was listening to your podcast as well. <laughs> it was it was a mutual uh, what adoration society, and okay. I I think you had posted something on Insta Story, and I had commented, and you had liked. And I said, "Hey, listen, I would love to have you on this show," and you were like, "Let's do it," and that was it. That's all it took, and I was like, <laughs> "Yes." So, guys, like I told you in the introduction, this man is an author, a TEDx speaker. Uh, in motivational speaker, inspiration. He is so incredible. How can I not have a host of the? I want to make sure I say it right. The Speaker Success Podcast mm-hmm. <laughs> on this show. You know, it, phenomenal. Uh, You're doing some amazing things. Like, let's just talk about everything you've done so far. Has motivational speaking been a goal for you? Well. Speaking initially was, was never a goal for me, but just looking back when, when I was younger, I remember being about eighth grade and I'm sure my father can attest to this, my mother as well, but I would always have friends call, call the house, and then I would almost help them sift through their problems. Mm. So I, I, I guess I was a problem solver very young. You were a go-to. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I was a go-to and I, and I was the best friend for the, for the girl and, and, and just, you know, Eventually, growing up, I pursued counseling at one point. Mm-hmm. I began my graduate studies uh, to become a counselor. But then I said, I, I want to I be able to share my message. I want to be able to impact more people at one time. So then speaking was something that, that kind of came around and brought its way back to me and, and really revealed itself to me there. So th- a, lo- a roundabout way of saying, I guess motivational speaking was never the goal, but impacting, uh, impacting millennials and impacting students was definitely the goal. And in talking about impacting not even just millennials, because you hit the young kids at your TEDx talk at mm-hmm. TEDx Kids at SMU. Yeah. In 2017. Yeah. What would you say was the age range of those kids? Uh, that was middle school. So, so sixth to eighth grade. So we're talking uh, probably around 13 to, I guess, 10, 11, 10, 11 to 13, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming uh, is middle school. Yeah, age. that sounds about right. That sounds about right. And. 13. Yeah, because my nephew, Sanjay, is going to be 14. Yes. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. about it. So like 11, 12, 13, 10, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the reception you had was was great. And, you know, I hung on to your words and there was a quote that you said that really caught me. And what you said was, if your dream is big enough for you to dream it, then there's a way for you to obtain it. Yeah. I think that's the moment you hooked me. Mm. Mm. You know, that is a powerful, powerful saying. Wow. Well, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting the chills right now. You give me the chills right now. Right? Hey, you're the one that said it. What are you trying to do? You're the one that said it. And I, I mean, just just being a man of faith, I personally believe that God doesn't give us visions. He doesn't give us dreams. He doesn't give us desires without us having the ability to walk them out. Mm. So the reason I really voiced that is because I want children to remove the like, cause you know, when, when younger kids go bowling, they put the bumpers up Yes, because they, they want, they don't want the kids to, you, you know, to, to, to feel as if I'm a failure because I had a gutter ball. Yeah. Uh, oh man, this is terrible. I don't ever want to go bowling again. But, but I think there comes a point in the time where pa- I did an episode on this. This is my last episode. And I talked about fears. And I talked about family and I said, they have one thing in common. And I said, ultimately the goal of both of them is to protect you. And sometimes 
with fear when we're about to go off that cliff or we're about to bungee jump. We're like, no, I can't do it because fear's goal is to protect you. Family. Oh, no, I don't want my child to go out there in entrepreneurship. I don't want my child to pursue this desire. Mm -hmm. But sometimes those parents, those fears have to be removed so that we can get to the other side of what God has for us. Like what our purpose is a lot of times on the other side of that fear, because when we push through, we fight through adversity, our character gets built. Uh, we, we become, we, we persevere. And then ultimately that gives us that muscle to do even more. You know, what I love about that is my, my theme of this year is embrace your fears. And mm. I, I am loving what you're saying. And I, like, what your description actually reminds me of something Will Smith did for his 50th birthday. You know how he bungee jumped oh, out of yeah. a helicopter. <laughs> he talks about that moment. Mm-hmm. He talks mm-hmm. about that. And, you know, one of the things I think is so important nowadays when you talk about fears, when you talk about commitment and kids and family and what they're going through, one of the Mm. things I kind of wanted to talk to you today about is mental health Mm. and how that affects them. Because you've talked to middle schoolers, you've talked to uh, older kids, right? You've had this conversations, you know, what is the difficulty? And I ask for myself as well, because, you know, well, it's easy to say, embrace your fears. There's always something that's fighting you. Like, it's easy yeah. to say, it's hard to do. You know, yeah. how do you overcome that fear that may be paralyzing them and holding them back? Any wow. thoughts? Yeah, I think it's it's betting on yourself, but giving the most tangible example, I I would almost say it's, it's like you have to dare yourself because a, a lot of times... We're scared to do things because selfishly we're trying to figure out, well, how will I look if I do this? But what if I fail? But what will happen to me if this doesn't go right? Mm-hmm. And then we're putting it on ourselves. But when we get to a place to where we then be- begin to look out or we close our eyes and we begin to envision the people who we will help by doing that thing, then that helps us counter because there are millions of people out there who need to hear your story or there's millions of people out there who need to ultimately see your victory in whatever that thing you're fearful of, because then you'll give them the strength to try it as well. Ooh. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Hold on. Let's, let's, let's talk about that for a second. (laughs) Let's talk about that for a second. You can't just drop that and let me walk over that. Mm -mm. Let's talk about that for a second. Living in my victory helps others. Mm, like mm. wow like do you really think that other people are looking to other people for inspiration oh my goodness yes yes i think that's why social media is is as big as it is i think that's why motivational videos uh, are watched as many times as they're watched that's why they go viral people people love to feel good Mm -hmm. and and everybody always wants to be on the team with the winner so, so therefore, when you win, then that brings more people alongside of you because people a lot of times are watching, but they may never vocalize that they're watching you. Just like we said before, we, we were connected, but we weren't connected. Right. right. And, and it gets to the point of where people see you running a race. Sometimes people see you struggling. Sometimes people see you succeeding. But then it gets to a point where when they get out of themselves, then they reach out and they say, well, Amy, I saw you were struggling with this. Well, how did you get over that? Yeah. Well, 
ultimately, how did you get through that? And that's why I really enjoy speaking so much and really having the opportunity to serve audiences everywhere because when I speak, depending on the age group, but I bear my soul. I will share flaws. I will share failures. I'll talk about me in college, being promiscuous, drunken nights, all of that. I'll put it all out there mm-hmm. because I really enjoy most the one or two students that come up after. And then we have those intimate heart to heart conversations. Sure. You know, but I mean, that's, 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 that's really where it is, though. Just sharing the story, sharing the struggle. And then I think that connects us to show that the struggle can be beautiful. What's interesting about what you just said, it, it reminds me of an analogy that someone shared to me when I started public speaking to help me kind of remember or be okay with going on stage, so to speak. And it was that n- nobody sitting in the audience wants to see you fail. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So right. don't be afraid that people are against you in the audience. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody pays money to see someone fail. They want to see you succeed. That's the goal. That's kind of what it is. And it sounds like what you're saying is with the advent of social media, people want to see success. But let me flip that for a second, right? Mm -hmm. Is too much of social media and seeing these successes a problem? Ooh, I think when it gets to a point of Wanting to achieve. Well, OK, let, let me take a step back, mm-hmm. because I, I know a lot of times people ask what are individuals motivations and what helps you keep going? A lot of times from the stories that I've heard, it, a lot of times what keeps people motivated is the fact of saying that somebody else felt that they could not do it. So when I think it could potentially be a problem is when. Somebody wants to get this accolade. Somebody wants to become high and mighty. Somebody wants to be on the top of the mountain so they can point down to Mm. somebody and say, look where I am and look where you are. When when it gets to that point, just like the Bible tells us, pride comes before the fall. When it gets to that point, that's where I think it can be a problem. But if, if, if it's somebody trying to get to the top of the mountain so that they can not do this, but then they can do this to help pull somebody up, Mm -hmm. then I think that's, uh, the, the type of culture that we want to continue and we want to uh, r- really help people grow and ultimately just shift the trajectory of, of our culture. So that's, and I think that's a positive aspect to social media. I'm wondering mm-hmm. about the aspect of people who live on social media to see that stuff and they get caught up in it so much mm-hmm. that they're living through your life versus their own life. Oh, ooh. right. Aren't, oh, aren't there okay. those people? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's I mean, there's definitely those people. And I think there's a I think there's a huge danger there Mm -hmm. because uh, I I did an episode on this as well. I I call it scoreboard watching because we we all we all know that if we've seen some form of athletic event or, or even if we've seen a play, the individuals who are involved, they can't get caught up getting blinded by the lights because then they'll be at a position, then they'll miss their cue, then they'll miss their opportunity to share their line, quote unquote. Um, but, and, and, and I think the biggest problem there is if I get caught up just watching Amy live her life, mm-hmm. what, what about the people I was meant to impact by sharing my story or using my unique gift? So when that happens, then I think that's, I think that's a huge problem. You know, and it's interesting because I, I think I get caught up on that too, where I'll just, you ever get 
caught on Instagram, for example, and you're just scrolling Guilty. and you're just Guilty. scrolling, right? The gram, <laughs> the gram will pull you in. The and gram you, will get you. It'll get you. And then you go to the explore page. Don't go to the explore page. Oh, no, I, I can't go to the explore page. <laughs> Don't go to the explore page because you'll just it's like the Wikipedia. Do you ever get lost in Wikipedia? Oh, my God. You click on one I thing mean, and then you're like five steps away you're like when did i start? you go to look up i don't know um you go to look up uh ryan gosling and next thing you know you're reading about oh. glenn close and and her oh, history of award winning you're like when did the where did i get to here that's so funny <laughs> but yet that's the thing and i think you know there's a there's a positive aspect to social media right and then there's these negative connotations that we talk about but i don't think people realize that they can be affected by it. Because I think, to your example, being envious of someone else's happiness that they see on the gram, right? Mm. Are they envious of why that person is happy or are they just envious that that person is happy? Mm. Ah, that's, I, mean, the, I mean, that's a great question, but I, I'm going to counter that and I'm going to okay. say the, 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 the thought that I had comes to mind is because social media, if we utilize it, as as we desire to like just enough mm -hmm. like for instance business purposes we get on we post right we like a few friends post and we hop off then i think that's fine i think that's perfectly healthy but then when we get sucked into the hole that's when i think we begin to compare and we know comparison is a thief of all joy right. mm -hmm. period and then when you begin but the craziest thing the craziest thing is this right here amy when we begin to compare ourselves to the picture of somebody else's life yes and the thing and the thing about the picture is we can put a filter on it we might have had to take three pictures to get that one perfect one that we still had to crop and we still had to tint a little bit put a filter put the filter and then the at the end of the day the person behind the picture is not even happy but we, but we saw that they are and now we don't like them because they're happy or so they appear to be yeah, that's where it gets really dangerous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think you hit the nail on the head that we, you know, how many people say, you know, do it for the gram. <laughs> do it for the gram. And it's like, guys, I mean, why don't you do it for yourself? I can't tell you how how much it irks me. A pet peeve of mine. Mm -hmm. People who go to concerts and film the entire concert on their phone. Oh. Right. <laughs> That's like that's like going to a Janet Jackson concert or a Beyonce Beyonce concert and just having that camera up and being like, "You're living life through that little photo." She is on stage. <laughs> that's so funny. That, it, and that, it just, <laughs> I just, I know. And people are like, really, Amy? Guys, you're not living life. Oh my goodness! You're living for the gram, right? That's. I mean, that's one of those things that we. Am I wrong though? No, no, no. You're completely right. Because in, in, in that in that we we miss the moment by trying to capture the moment like we miss yeah. the moment by trying to capture the picture, which it, it seems it seems mm -hmm. so silly. And, and the funniest thing, I don't know what the research is on it. I just know from my own personal experience, mm -hmm. anytime I've taken video, taken pictures from concerts, whatever. Nine out of 10 times, I don't go back and look at that footage or the pictures. It's ridiculous. But yet but you we, had to have it the whole time. Yeah. Well, the whole time my hands blocking somebody's <laughs> they paid however much. For. Right. It's like, guys, you're missing the moment just because you have to capture the moment 
that you're not going to look. And why? Because you got to put it on the gram. Because you got to show it off. You, you got to put it on the gram because you were there. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Versus just take a picture of your ticket stub. I know you were there. Right. Why is that not sufficient versus enjoying and capturing that moment? Getting caught up. That's one of those things. It's just one of those things. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's interesting because we're talking about these things and how social media affects people. But I think it's so dangerous now because as we grew up and I'm not trying to date you or myself, but as we grew up, you know, social media was in a different state mm. of being right. It's only in the last 10 years or so that has really kind of been prominent in everybody's face before it was Facebook. And it was, oh, that's so cute. Yeah, I can be your friend. And it was like limited to 100 people at that time, probably, or something like that. And now, you know, every Tom, Dick, Harry, Henrietta, whatever lady version is for that, is on it, including people who are teenagers and younger. Because I don't care if you tell me the the cutoff restriction is 13. I know there's some kids on, on the gram. Oh, my goodness. I've seen them. Right? They're everywhere. Mm-hmm. They're everywhere. But don't you think it's it with nobody guiding them, right? Maybe parents are guiding them. Hey, parents, if you're guiding them, let us know. But if, if you're not kind of watching what they're doing, monitoring their, their time on the gram, you know, we're old enough and we still fall victim to these things that we're talking about. This is so true. Mm-hmm. So how do you think 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 year olds are as well? Yeah, I think that's why depression is something that's so prevalent in our society. I think that's why uh, eating disorders mm-hmm. is something uh, that that like like that plays a part as well. Mm-hmm. Because once again, that that comparison. Because if if you're a 13 year old and your brain isn't fully developed, and you do some things that we might consider illogical, because some of adults do it as well. Mm-hmm. But a 13-year-old sees a picture of a supermodel. The 13-year-old doesn't know the supermodel had a spray tan, doesn't know the supermodel's photo uh, that they went in, they photoshopped it, and they put this cut here and put this crease there. Mm -hmm. Now that 13-year-old is trying to look like a grown woman. Yeah. Which is unrealistic in itself. Mm -hmm. But I think that's one of the dangers um, by by not having uh, a, a parent to guide them or a parent to help grow them versus internet and social media growing growing our babies and growing our children, which so dangerous and so scary at the same time. But it's happening. It's but happening. It's happening. And so when we talk about mental health, and I think you brought some great examples, you know, I think it's even more reason for people to be talking about it and making it normal because it's happening. And I think, you know, one of the things I say is one of the dangers of society is the not me generation or the not me movement. And by that, I mean, people who we're telling you mental health is real. We're telling you social media is affecting your kids. It's having this effect on you. And all you can come back and say is, but not me. Mm. Right? Like the arrogance that it will not affect you is affecting you. I mean, don't we see Uh, that? How many people are like, this won't touch me. This is stuff in the news. This is stuff in Society and people are talking about, yeah, but it won't affect my kids, not us, not me. We have to really be honest and be real with ourselves about because the way pop culture moves and just the way that a child or the way that an individual 
is immersed in a society mm-hmm. of everything moving so fast around them. You're exposed to anything and everything from whatever angle you look. If we're talking billboards, if we're talking uh, television, because even really? now, e- even now, text is uh, uh, television, <laughs> not text. Television is so sexualized now more than ever before. Oh my gosh, I can't. Yeah, more than ever before. Whatever channel, almost whatever channel you go to, Fox Four, all of the channels. It doesn't ABC matter. Family, what is it? Freeform now. I'm Freeform. like, I'm like, I can't let my my 13 year old nephew watch this. Or whatever these. channel, FX, like all these channels, yeah. you can see whatever Even you the want. Commercials, the commercials. It's it's all it's all sexualized, and now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, a, a parent can tur- turn away and say, oh, no, that will never affect my kid. Oh, no, that'll never yeah. happen in, in this house. But but being honest, is that parent checking in with that child? Is that parent sitting down and having a real conversation with that child? Is that parent telling, creating a open door communication to let the child know that if you do feel this way, mm-hmm. you can you can talk to me about this issue? Or are they just saying, no, that's not you. And then the child asks about it and say, oh, don't worry about that. You don't have to, you don't have to deal with that. That's not going to happen for you. We, 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 we can't be we, we can't allow ourselves just to be so, so I, I guess, so passive or even just so nonchalant to just yeah. what's going on. In yeah, I, I think that's exactly kind of what is happening. Right. Because you're absolutely right. It's in every form of media now that it, it's affecting. And the thing is, if we're ignorant to it before our eyes, before it's too late. Right. That's the thing. I mean, I don't know the statistics. But I do know there's been a rise of suicides mm-hmm. in the in the past few years. And a lot of it has been um, connected or related to cyberbullying. Oh, my goodness. Cyberbullying is. Oh, it's, a, it's a pet peeve of mine. And, oh. and mostly because I don't understand how you can enjoy something by hating on something else. Like. It makes no sense to me where the joy is in harming or hurting or saying something about someone else, right? But that's the concept behind cyberbullying. But I want to ask you, you know, we're talking about these things and how it's in media in different forms, right? Mm -hmm. With cyberbullying even, these areas that we're talking about, how do you think, not to say you're an expert that you have the answer or solution, but what do you think people can do about this to kind of get ahead of it? Or at least try and slow it down or cut it down. I think the the great, I believe he was a scientist. Mm-hmm. Was it Isaac Newton? Any any object? Okay, yeah. Any object in motion will stay in motion. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that on the negative side, if an individual is being negative and then they continue to be negative to somebody else, cyberbully, then that will perpetuate itself. So, therefore, getting ahead. I think it's just, for instance, a teacher or somebody who works with children often or just a parent. We'll go there. Just a parent. It comes to the place of where they have to be intentional Mm. with their with their attention and with their focus of the child. Because if there's a child that comes into the classroom and, and this child plops down, this child looks exhausted, this child looks hungry. And there's so many other things that's wrong with the child. Don't just be quick to kick the child out of class. Say, hey, Johnny, how was your weekend? Right. And then he, he might not open up to you first. Might say, hey, Johnny, I know you're a great kid. I just want to let you know if there's something going on and you don't have anybody to talk to about it. I'm here. 
Just let me know. I'm here to talk to you. And you see Johnny's hungry. Maybe you can just slide him a snack. Okay, Johnny. I, I think that's a great example for like a teacher. But I think honestly, anybody who has that engagement with children or with youth, you just take the time to have conversations with them. And then they'll begin to reveal things to you before you even know it. That, that, that always happens. But the biggest thing is you have to have the conversation with that individual. I think that's phenomenal because it's so simple, right? It's so simple in execution and in methodology, but it has a powerful impact. Because one, you're showing people that you care. You show, mm-hmm. right? And that can go so far. And it's something, oh. what you're saying isn't something that you have to have a degree in to do, or you have oh, to be specialized to do. And, you know, while it can come from a teacher, it can come from a friend. This is true. This, I mean, this, that's that's beyond true. And it doesn't it doesn't really cost you any money. Doesn't cost you any money. Have a conversation. It just costs you a little bit of time. But but one of the things I've realized is that time, sometimes or even more often, is more valuable than money. Especially if it's you pouring time intentionally into mm-hmm. a youth who was on a path that was not going to lead them to success. Yeah. To now you expose them to another path that they potentially could take if they make the decision and you continue to provide that positive reinforcement. Now they're like, well, I was going this way because everybody that I know always goes this way, but I see this ends up prison, right, right, whatever. But now this way is a little bit different. It's a little unfamiliar to me. It's a little uncomfortable, but I believe in you, Mr. John. And if you're telling me that this is a way that I can try out, let me let me just try and let me just see what happens. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I'm just all for exposing the youth to a future that they potentially might have not known anything about or might have never even had. So just giving them the opportunity to make that decision. You know, and, and if you're listening to this, you're probably thinking, hey, what does this have to do with chasing your dream? And the thing is, guys, this is all interconnected, right? We, we brush off mental health, but all of these things play a part on how people feel to chase their dream. And to your part, um, with what you just said about how, you know, I just blanked on what you just said. About uh, about just really creating the opportunity to expose them to yes. a new potential life. Mm-hmm. Yes, exposing them to a potential of a new opportunity. You're in your TEDx talk with these kids. And mm-hmm. while, while the TEDx was geared to those kids, it's applicable to everybody. His takeaways, which I'm going to say, but you guys should really watch his TEDx. I'll have the link in the show notes. I took notes. Um, (laughs) Do your research, apply yourself, and how passion and commitment is having fun. And I love what you said about that because, you know, opportunities like that, taking, trying new things, being adventurous, you know, having those new things open to you really is what life is about, isn't it? It, it, it definitely is. It, it definitely is. Because when you try new things, then now you're forced to cancel out fear because mm-hmm. you're doing something that, that's ultimately unknown. So you, you, so you cancel that out. But now you're exposing yourself to something that you might like or something that you want to take a deeper dive into. So you're like, oh, wow, I never knew anything about counseling. But now I see counseling on a grand scale of things. Mm-hmm. And then you can take a deeper dive there. Oh, there's different types of counseling. Oh, there's specific counselors. So just have, having that opportunity, but it, it, it all comes from doing the research. You have to, you have to do the work. 
that's what my pastor says. Do the work. Do the work. What would you say to someone who, you know, they're they're trying to figure out what they're passionate about, they, but they don't want to waste their time on these things? And you're saying, you know, do the research and stuff, but how would they know if they don't try? Like, what, what do you say to that? But they don't want to waste their time with things that may not work. But, you know, what do you do? Well, there's a, there's a, there's a slight cheat to that. Um, but you're still gonna have to get around to doing the work, but you can ask your, your, your three to five closest family or friends, mm-hmm. what am I good at? Or what do you think I do better than anybody else? And then those individuals who are typically in close proximity of you are, you know, they, they see you when you're excited, they see you celebrate certain things. They've followed you throughout your journey so they can give you some ideas and you can write these down and you can say, well, I might want to try some, I might want to look into this and study this. But then it's going to come back to you doing the work to get the experience, to see, I, I might like doing this. Just like somebody, somebody might say, I want to have kids. But then they realize that, wow, I don't even like kids now. So, <laughs> maybe, so maybe I don't, I don't know if that would be the best. But, but an individual who says, I want to have kids, then I would encourage the individual to babysit or encourage the individual to work with kids at a right. summer camp. And then you get some form of exposure. It's not necessarily the exact same, but it gives you a different type of exposure. It gives you an idea, right? Yeah, it gives you an idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the things you're talking about, which I actually love, is the dreams you're mentioning aren't huge pie-in-the-sky kind of things, right? That's, you know, as of this recording, guys, the Oscars took place this past weekend. And it's, it's one of those things where you know, a lot of people are like, I want that Oscar. That's my dream. That's my goal. And there's nothing wrong with that. Let me let me go ahead and put that before somebody jumps on me. There's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, I think sometimes we think the dreams have to be that grandiose. And the things that you just said aren't necessarily that grandiose. I mean, what do you say? Do you say, do you think that people who have those dreams that aren't the common ones, right? They're having a family, having kids. Mm-hmm. that's I guess typical but like it's not I want to win the Pulitzer or it's not um you know I want to be president which again nothing wrong with them we're talking about the, the there are other types of dreams I guess is what I'm saying what do you mm-hmm. say about those kinds of dreams are they still worth pursuing and chasing I say if it if if it's your dream then it at the end of the day it is your dream and 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 the and the thing about a dream that might be having a family mm-hmm. or a dream that might be being the president of the United States. If we put both of them down on paper, there's steps to get to both. And then you have to reverse engineer it. And if you say, well, I want to have a family, then you take, take the next step and you say, well, I might need to have a partner. And you take the next step and then say, how many kids do I want to have if I want to have kids? So it's so just really looking at those dreams just understanding that it all starts from a foundational point. And then when you begin to put the pieces of the plan together, you, you can look at it going backwards. You can look at it going forwards, but you have to understand that there's steps to get there going forward and going back. So that, that, that would be really what I would say. But I, but I would definitely say go after that dream. But whatever. That dream you, is. you said something interesting, though. You said if that's your dream. Mm-hmm. Right. How do you know if it's your dream and not someone else's dream put upon you, whether it's society, whether it's your family, whether it's your friends? 
How do you truly know it's your dream? And and maybe they align. I'm not sure. Maybe they, they, it could. There's nothing That's wrong true. if it does. But how That's do you true. know it's your own dream and not someone else putting it upon you? I would say you have to know yourself. Mm. And, and and knowing yourself, I think, takes some time. Some might say you need you might need to go to counseling to know yourself uh, just to get that just to get that individual who's who's prying you and asking you questions that you wouldn't have asked yourself or that you wouldn't have thought of. Right. An outside you, perspective. Yeah. Outside perspective that 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 brings forth that, that's bringing forth um, a different thought that you might have never had. And also sharing things that might have affected you in your past that you never, never thought about because you might have brushed it off. But ultimately, I believe you're operating in your dream or you're striving toward your dream when you know you couldn't be happier doing this thing. When you know you feel fulfilled in this area or striving towards this particular thing. If it's dreams that somebody else put upon you, then you will feel more pressure than most, more often than not. But if it's your dream, some days you might feel pressure in, in, in regards to pushing it, but I, but I believe uh, it's pressure or, or maybe a little bit of stress because there's a healthy level of stress that helps gets us to the dream, which helps gets us to the goal that we desire. I'm glad you said that because, you know, just it goes back to your point earlier, right? You're going to have to do the work. Just because there's work to your dream doesn't mean it's not your dream. It's just, That's true. right? <laughs> so just, just to clarify what, John, what he said, but... He did it himself. You know, we have to remember these things. And, you know, I think sometimes we forget that. But I also think we sometimes get lost in the opinions and not so subtle suggestions of others sometimes. And it can get lost in the weeds. Um, I'm with you there 110 percent, Amy, because I think uh, there's something that my friend Chris Huff said. Mm -hmm. He just put out a book. It's called The Millennial Whisper. And he talks about the 70-30 rule. And he talks about people who really love their job. They typically enjoy it 70% of the time. 30% mm -hmm. of the time, you might hear them complaining about it. They might say the different things that they don't like about it. And I think that that's the same piece with people pursuing their dream. 70% of the time, you're going to have the energy. 70% of the time, you're telling people, write the vision, make it plain. You're telling everybody, I'm excited. I'm going to make this happen. But then 30% of the time, you might be in a dark corner in your room you might just want to go to sleep because today you have to take an L and you're going to have to wake up tomorrow and just start afresh. <laughs> it's, it, it, I, I think, it, I think it's, it's, it's that parallel. I think it's accurate. I think that's accurate. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, we don't think that, right? Nobody's really put percentages on it before, before we just kind of thought work. Uh, that's not really it. But, you know, there's, as we always say, there is no overnight success, regardless of what TV tells you. It's not an overnight success. Mm, there is not. There is there not. Is it not. just oh it just isn't. And so, um, you know, with the importance of mental health, one of the things I want to kind of talk, last things I want to kind of talk, touch upon is, you know, it's not easy to chase your dreams, right? It's not easy to go through life the way we do uh, with its stresses, with the what we face, how we're bombarded. Sometimes we can, you know, if we, if you, Allow yourself to think about it all. You'll just kind of freak out. So don't. But what would you say or recommend people do if they're feeling overwhelmed or unsure or anxiety? You talked about depression earlier. What can mm -hmm. they do? 
Well, first, I'm, I'm going to have to say it because it just makes sense. But you can go see a, a, a mental health provider, a counselor, mm-hmm. uh, a spiritual advisor, one, one of those uh, people are just a trusted confidant or a mentor. Um, but I, outside of that, then I would encourage you to, to break up the routine. Mm-hmm. If every day you're behind your computer, every day you're making phone calls, every day you're editing video or whatever it is you do, you have to break up the routine, go outside, uh, take your shoes off, take your socks off and walk in the grass. Just be present in the moment, get some sunlight, Yeah. go to a playground, hop on the swing, do something childish. Because sometimes I think, because I've, I've been guilty of this, but sometimes I think we can take ourselves too serious. And then that causes that extra stress that, that, that causes uh, the, 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 the breakdowns and all these other things. But every once in a while, you need to, you need to let, let loose. You need to take a moment, you need to find the smallest thing to celebrate in that day. Say, oh my goodness, you know, I, I, I was able, you know, to hop on the Chasing Dreams podcast with Amy J. Today was a success. I won. I won today. And then you have to find those moments. You have to find those spots of light to where you can shine on yourself sometimes and then break out of it. Or you have to have that good friend, that really good friend that you have that relationship with where every once in a while you just call and check on each other. How are you doing? How's your mental health? And then you can tell this person, I'm not really feeling that great today. And then, you know, this person will come over to your house and they'll push you out your bed just to shake things up. But I, I would definitely say that those would be some ways um, j- just just to go about doing that um, on top of, you know, working out or like yoga, different things like that. No, I, I, I love it. I love it because what you're doing is normalizing it. And, and it is a normal thing to do. It's normal oh, yes. to acknowledge this stuff. It happens to the best of us. We all go through it. I went through it in March, February, March, in trying to come up with the fundathon. You know, I was paralyzed with fear and was had anxiety up the wazoo. I, you know, was talking to my sisters. I was just talking to friends just to kind of bring myself and break the routine, like you said, to kind of change things up because, you know, it's easy to allow it to get a grip on you and not break. It's very, it can be challenging, but it's okay to do the things Jonathan said to get help, especially seeing a professional or talking to a friend or trusted confidant, you know. Definitely things to do. So, Jonathan, before I let you go, I got to mm-hmm. ask you one question. Mm-hmm. What is one thing you would recommend a dream chaser do today to chase their dreams? Take one step towards your dream. Mm. If, 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 if that's for you, writing down that goal, writing down that dream, because statistics show us that the majority of people have the dream, but they never write it down. Then a slightly smaller percentage that write down the dream, they actually execute on it. Then there's a little bit less of a percentage that write the dream, they take the step towards it, and then they take action, and they're even more successful than the people above or even above them. So I would say take one step towards your dream. If it's you writing down a goal, then the next day it's, okay, well, I have the goal to do 20 push-ups. The next day, then you do 20. Next day, Maybe you increase it by one or two, whatever that thing might be. Right. But you have to take action towards your dream in order for it to come to fruition. If you never take action, a.k.a. do the work, then you can never expect to, to get results. So um, that, that's what I would say. I love it, Jonathan. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been nothing but a pleasure. 
Thank you, Amy. I'm glad to, glad to be here. Definitely enjoyed this time. This was this was really good. This was encouraging to me. So, guys, that is Jonathan Jones, someone you definitely should follow. Is def- definitely check out. Um, I love everything he's doing, and I love seeing him succeed and continue to help others. He's just awesome. And you guys can learn about more about Jonathan and find all the links we mentioned on the show notes page, including his TEDx talk at amyj21.com slash episode 192. That's episode 192. One other thing that is going to be on that show notes page, guys, is the link to our behind the scenes interview with Jonathan. Yeah, we're doing that now. We're, we're having these interviews and Jonathan is no exception. So definitely check it out. We have a great time. You can learn more about him as well as see how well he does at Rapid Fire. Okay. All right, Dream Chasers. Until next time, keep chasing. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at Chasing Dreams HQ. Or you can find Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's A-I-M-E-E-J-2-1. Be sure to visit headquarters over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing. Keep chasing.